0: Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of 7 Minute Scaling Secrets where we interview entrepreneurs and learn a secret on how they scaled up their businesses. Today we have a special guest, Casper Francis, who is a rockstar rule breaker. That's what people describe you as. Uh, Tell us Casper, what does that mean? This episode was brought to you by Super Scaling. Join the Superscaling Ignite program today and learn how you can systemize and superscale your business so that your revenues can grow to at least $100,000 a month with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com ignite today. And now back to the episode. Long story, okay, I'll
1: try to summarize it. Um, well, I've, I've always, t- as a person, I've always loved my rock music since young. Um, it's always stuck with me. It's uh, been been a huge part of my life. It's been an inspiration for me in my creative journey, you know, in running a creative agency. Every time I run a creative agency, there's always some pop culture or rock or rock and roll influence somewhere in there. Um, and I go in and I take that I take that mentality, you know, to a client meeting. I take that mentality up to you know doing the work for for a client um and then in the past couple of two years you know um it was really unexpected and 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 I wasn't expecting this i, I go in and meet meetings and we go in with you know crazy ideas and some of these clients just come out and just tell me hey you rockstar you you rockstar <laughs> you rockstar wow you very uh, maverick you're very renegade you're very radical you know and i've got that over the right. past two years right and then one of my you know, mentors and clients, you know, uh, a few of them in fact. You know, they just called me, hey, this yeah. is the rock star,
0: This is the rule breaker. This is the rock star rule breaker. They, they, they put it together. Give uh, us an example. What uh, what's one example of this like maverickness, <laughs> this this rule breaker thing that that uh, that you're so well known for? Like is uh, it a way that you approach uh client work? Is it a way that you approach marketing or or creatives? I th- I think. All that you mentioned just now really it's
1: it's the way I approach you know uh everything that that you've just mentioned you know, be it in creativity, be it in marketing you know doing doing alternative things you know how I treat advertising advertising is a little bit like vandalism right yeah. you you've gotta get you gotta get people's attention, and if you don't if you don't do that, if you don't create people's attention or or or, or grab the attention right away, you know it's you're not gonna get it, you know. You're not gonna be successful. Um,
0: this yeah. reminds me of a uh, brew a brewery in uh, Scotland, right? Uh, who was who who were very maverick in their approach to advertising as well. I remember the very first publicity campaign that they they launched for their beers because at that point of time they were pretty new. Uh, they created a beer that had very high ABV. And they created a very limited batch. And every single one of those bottles, they stuffed in dead animals. And I mean, it was like taxidermy and all properly like processed. But, you know, it was very, very controversial, very, very shocking. And they continued, right? The next time they they did a campaign like this, they rented a tank and drove it through a a Scottish village. And it was insane. So, man, when when I hear your story, I, I hear, I think about that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, of uh brew dog. Yeah that's great that's great.
1: I I love that you brought up that reference.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah. And, and that's something that we're definitely gonna be covering because uh I know for a fact that during the pandemic you you did something very inspirational, very, very uh it's it's big, it's massive, and it's something that you know I wouldn't even think a lot of people would have done, and done successfully as well. Uh, you actually managed to, from a creative agency, pivot to a tech platform in order to help musicians, in order to help uh, the, the nightlife scene, right? Because that was one of the industries and areas that were very, very badly hit during the pandemic. Uh, tell us more about that. What happened? Well, the story goes.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, one in 2020, we all know what happened, right? the The pandemic happened. Um, immediately, I I I don't know if you recall, but within three days of the announcement, two or three days, I I can't can't remember, but within two to three days of when that announcement came out, uh, nightlife was shut, right? Um, event venues had to close. Um, We couldn't do events of any form of scale. Um, Nightlife businesses were were basically shut. Uh, Musicians, they couldn't perform. DJs, you know, couldn't perform their sets in clubs. Um, And not only that, you know, the music economy was just one segment that was was affected. Um, We had beverage companies as well, drink companies, food and beverage companies in events and nightlife. They were affected as well. Um, the engineers, right? The event organizers, the people that put these events together, the people that did sales and marketing for this entire economy or segment was just affected, right? And a lot of people were just out of jobs or out of business. And it was a big thing. And it was a big thing. So in 1.0, you know, this is version 1.0, uh, my partner and I, my business partner, Audrey, Right, Audrey Lim, who is an amazing person and amazing amazing creative as well. Uh, we decided to, you know, just start up a venture called Take Back the Nights, right? And the idea was, let's do a couple of shows on live streams. Let's put, you know, let's put the entire, let's pivot the entire entertainment industry into a live stream, right? So we created a whole entire talk show. We got beverage companies on board. So we got beverage companies on board to sponsor them. And then we, we, we put in some form of e-commerce and retail um, elements inside it. We had the musicians come in and do shows, um, and then we had the organizers help put it together. So it was a little bit it was a little bit like a festival on a live stream, right? Uh, we launched it within seven days, seven days of when the announcement came up, recorded everything, put everything together, streamed it, broadcast it got 35,000 people, 35,000 viewers on the first day. And the idea was to get donations from these 35,000 uh, and then funnel it to a charity. Guess how much donations we got? No 40, idea. 40 USD. 40,000? $40. So $40, $40, 40, 40, dollars. 40, yes, $40. Like, like 40 USD. That was all we got. And it didn't, like, it, it didn't help because within the seven days that we launched, or within the week um everybody else was doing live streams right everybody else was doing free podcasts free live streams um and the content was just really available right like why would you donate or why would you pay you know for your live stream even though it was a good cause right when you could watch your favorite band or your other favorite band yeah. on the live stream so we were we were really we were really affected and we and we, we didn't know what to do you know and 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 that really just you know 1.0 just didn't succeed so we we went back to the drawing board okay um and decided you know if we want to do something it's got to be radical it's mm-hmm. got to be different it's got to be crazy you know and it's got to be a little bit you know pioneering in a sense right? right so i was i don't know what i was doing i was at home and then i was just um i was researching and i think i was probably bored so i decided to just play games because you know it's COVID-19 there's nothing much to do outside and I (laughs) haven't touched like Counter-Strike and Team Fortress for the longest time ever so I went on and I just played and I just stopped and I just said wait why not we put a music festival on a game engine platform so that people could enjoy a festival like a game right right and so we set it up so that's what I did so I called Audrey right away and said hey we're gonna do this thing and we're gonna do it right now we're gonna design a world we're gonna you know draw it up so I remember having the call and you know she was just so she was just like so surprised right just caught her off guard um, took a couple of artboards started doing sketches started putting things
0: together Wait, so she was caught off guard but she was on board she was on board that's right that's that's wow. right you know well, you, guys were, you guys are very dynamic and very uh it was like in sync with each other we are we are um
1: okay. yeah and then I, I i called i called my team i called my guys back in raw who who of course do you know 2d and 3d stuff. and because we're a creative agency right so it's design and it's the realm of design i said you know can we put this up together is, is this something we could do uh the team pondered for a little bit and they went you know what let's do it right so the whole team you know my partner everybody was was just fully on board with this Let's let's start this up. So we got together, we got together the team, you know, and we pulled our resources together, um, and we designed this world in three D, right? And we put it on this game engine uh, platform, or or basically we use this game design software called Unreal Engine to basically put it together. Um, and then the idea was we create this world, we host it on a web platform, um, and the trick was we're going to make it free to access, and then like a game if you wanted like superpowers and everything <laughs> you pay, you pay for those superpowers. If you want like VIP stuff, if you want like food, you could do it right. You could, if you want VIP access, you want access to other stages. You could top up money to basically do that. Right. And, and that's how we created that model. So uh, that was, that was the beginning of it. So we set it up, the prototype came out about the end of the year. Why well, in 2020. And, um, And it worked out quite well, but there wasn't much stickiness to it, right? So it was great, but it wasn't sticky. Um, And then, so we were thinking, wait, is this gonna be another success? So then we're thinking, right, um, what it needed and the missing part of it was storytelling. So every every game, you play your Quake 4, you play your Team Fortress, there's always an element of characters, avatars, with a purpose, with a motivation and an objective, and there's kind of like a storyline. Yeah, the plot. The (laughs) the plot, that's right. And (laughs) the point is, is that people would take up these characters, these avatars, and go through that story and experience Mm. that story and then find out how it relates. And that was the stickiness. So, went back to the drawing board again, did a whole sprint and decided, we're gonna create a story of home, right? You know, how... People in nightlife are so affected by the nightlife, right? right. And, and by, by, by the shut, by all of the shutdowns, by, by all the closures. So what we wanted was we wanted this game platform to be a home, a safe haven for all these people in the affected industries to come to. So we created a home, and which is why the stage is designed like this, because oh. it's modeled after my hands. This is. Nice. We call it beacon, beacon, like light light beacon, because you could see it from far, come back home. Uh, We called the avatars, we gave them an entire alien species, and we called them pathfinders. So people could be a pathfinder as an avatar. They would take a form when they log in, they would take a form as an avatar, they call themselves pathfinders. And the idea is to find their path home. Wow. Right? Oh, I love that story. story, You know, Uh, and we made the world even crazier. So... We decided with creativity, because of creativity, once you found your way home with creativity, you could achieve anything. So we added in flying whales, flying Ooh. whales, flying cars, floating cities, right? And the idea was that people could top up money, pay a premium to have superpowers so that instead of walking around the festival, they could fly okay. and, they could, and they could take joy rides on these flying whales. They could visit floating cities, there was a music stage and conference stage that was floating up in the end. They could access those. And that was the idea. We built a whole entire universe with characters, with a storyline, with the language, you know, about, about coming back home and finding, you know, a safe haven. Right. Take back the night and, you know, with creativity, you could achieve anything. So we created that story, ran another six months of, of development, designed everything, and we launched it. And guess what? It was a lot more successful. Um, we ran for four nights, uh-huh. six hours per night, five to six hours per night. We had about two to three thousand visitors at peak Wow within that six hours, um, and we had a lot more than just donations because people were spending for for, for superpowers, okay. and we had VIP stuff as well. We had VIP access, so which means people could pay, you know, okay. to get meet and greets and, and 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 drinks delivered. So every time people actually pay, go to a bar. In the Metaverse, they went up to the Metaverse, they would pay. An hour later, they would get the food delivered physically right to their doorstep.
0: Whoa, that's kind of so, cool. Yeah. Right there.
1: So there was a lot. There was a lot that went on. It was an entire e-commerce platform, game design platform, and concert experience all together in, in, in the Metaverse. What yeah. happened to it? Well, it ran, for four, it ran for four nights. We had funding from the government. Um, from NYC and MCCY, we they they actually funded the project. They gave a lot of money for that. Um, we got a lot of traction, um, got on the press uh, that it was one of Singapore's first uh, metaverse festivals. Which I didn't know that was a metaverse when I built it. Right? <laughs> like we were building this and it was a game engine. And we were hosting it and everything. And then Audrey came up to me and went like, "You know, you're building a metaverse, right?" And I just asked, her, "Wait, what is metaverse?" <laughs> yeah and it became one of the first successful metaverse music festivals ever you know until today it's formed a blueprint you know for 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 a lot of the work that that comes out of us as well you know ever since then we were known as the metaverse building company as well or the metaverse creative agency you know so last year we built a metaverse for 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 the for the singapore air force for Republic Singapore Air Force, right RSAF, Whoa, okay. uh, for the open house, it was you know a metaverse platform as well. Um,
0: yeah, so. Well, so, why why wasn't the festival the the, the that metaverse that you created? Yeah. Why didn't it like run for longer than four days? It it seems like something that should be run like in perpetuity, right? Well, it should be. It should be, but it's, it's, it's really expensive to run like a metaverse
1: music festival. It is expensive. Uh, it, it's not as expensive as, as, as running a large scale festival physically. Right. But right. there still there's a lot of funding that has to go into it. Um, and the funding just gave us about four runs, you know, to kind of make an impact at the same time. I mean, you know, metaverse music festivals aren't here to replace physical ones, right? Yeah. They're only here to, to really just enhance their experience. Right. So if, if you know, when the doors opened and physical festivals and physical events could come back, you know, we were just really happy. And yeah. at the end of the day, a metaverse music experience will never be able to replace, you know, a festival experience. Hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's the truth.
0: Are you able well, to share the costs involved in running like a metaverse like that? What are we talking uh, about here? Roughly? Wow. Okay. I'll just give you a ballpark
1: number. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. The, the project that we did. You know it cost slightly over half a million holy crap. To together to put together, yeah, and this was was pretty bootstrapped as well. like like you know, yeah we, we you know like like entrepreneurs, right? you put several budgets in and and yeah. start based on how much you can you know how much funding you get, you know yeah. and you're always worrying about the bottom line. so it was it was more than half a million, just over half a million to put up a metaverse like this.
0: so that that includes the development and the running of the metaverse
1: yeah the development of the metaverse uh running the metaverse uh of course paying the artists and musicians right you know, and getting them on board you know to perform yeah uh, the production of those so because the musicians can't play on stage so we have to have them play on a virtual set oh. and we want to film them and motion capture you know wow. all of that crazy stuff just to get the performance in the metaverse
0: wow okay yeah and 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 this is something because uh you know i come from a hosting background tell me a little yeah. bit more about the hosting aspect of that do you do you know anything about what it takes to host uh a metaverse like what are we talking about here how many servers do you guys have how do you how wow do you, or is it all done by uh maybe somebody like aws and... yeah we we worked with aws for
1: aws for that right oh. um and and we worked with one of their partners uh, which okay. was in, which which was basically you know they were one of the tech par- you know AWS has a couple of tech partners that yeah. will help you um, onboard the system rather yeah. uh, and, and and these guys were from Canada and they were amazing help they were great um and they helped to really put it together you know one of the biggest challenges was you know finding out connections right because it's easy to host it's easy to put file file data and source data you know into a cloud or into some form of storage the hardest part is connecting users to it, yeah. and then letting one user from one country see the other user from another country in the same space. That yeah. was the most difficult one.
0: Yeah, that's that's the tough part, man. You're basically creating like a multi-multiplayer uh, experience online, and it's yeah, yeah. It's fixing to a new, new, new level, man. It does. It's a it's a multiplayer game with
1: video, with music, with e-commerce. Yeah. With, with actual cash. insane.
0: <laughs> and, so, yeah. To have that all developed so quickly, I think that's that's impressive to say the least. Uh, well, uh,
1: it's, it's next to the team, really. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm blessed with, with a great team. You know, they're so talented. Uh, yeah. They're amazing people. So, Could is
0: is this, is this what you guys are, are also working on these days? Like, as part of uh, the creative agency... Uh, are building metaverses something that you do for your clients? We do that. We do that. Like, like you know, uh, we started
1: off doing design, 2D, 3D, and, and video, right? Video production. And, and doing, like, ads and doing brand content. We still do that up to today, right? And at the end of the day, you know, because we have 3D designers, the metaverse, you know, it's, it's, it's practically 3D design as well. So, yeah. you know, it falls in that spectrum. It falls in that range. So we we do that, you know? And at the end of the day, it, it, to us, how we look at it is, you know, we're all creatives. Um, design and, and whatever our craft is, video, you know, storyboarding, scripting, that's a language. And technology is the canvas. Yeah. So oh, that's God. how we look at it. You know, that's how we look at it. So if you could be a 3D, if you're a 3D designer, as long as you can 3D design, you know, that skill set can just, you know, cross-pollinate across many different industries. And yeah. You know, you can design things for space, you can design things for social media, you can design things for the metaverse. You know, you can design things for anything, really. If you're creative, whatever your language is, you know, you'll be able to express it no matter what.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I can see where the term uh, rockstar rule breaker comes now. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, all right. Thanks for sharing that. We have two questions that we ask of every podcast guest. Right. Uh, the first question, what is the most important habit to be a successful entrepreneur? I think the most important habit first would be to
1: always be curious. Like that's, that's, you know, you gotta always be curious. You gotta always wanna find out more. You always gotta want to know the answers, even though they're not the final answers, you know, always keep asking questions, asking the right questions, you know, because as entrepreneurs, our job is to solve problems. We look out for problems. And the idea is to create something that would help solve that problem. Um, the only way to do that is to always be curious. The only way to get better at solving that problem is to always be curious. To always ask the right questions. You know, speak to the right people. Go out, do research. You know, experience the world. Experience the world from your perspective, from other people's perspective. Understand other people's perspective. Come up with your own perspective as well. And 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 come up with your own opinions and based on that, weigh everything out, you know, and, and come up with the best solution. And, and, you know, it's never the best solution that comes out. It's always the best bad idea. I always tell my team, we're never coming out with good ideas. We're always coming out with bad ideas all the time. And the client just picks the best bad idea. <laughs> look at it that way. You really think, then you open up your doors, you open up your doors to how many ways you can solve a problem. And there is no right way.
0: There's only the best bad way. Uh, I love that approach. Uh, it frames things in a much more approachable manner. It does. It does. Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. Cool. That's a great Happy to have. Uh, second question What advice would you give to another business owner? Don't be afraid to make mistakes
1: because that's what we do as creatives all the time. And rule breakers. And rule breakers. You know, <laughs> don't be afraid to make mistakes. Like we jumped into this metaverse, not to succeed. Or, I mean, you know, not to let me rephrase that. Sorry, not to succeed as being the first metaverse company. We came in with the idea to learn. You know, we wanted to learn what it would take to build a metaverse. You know, that was the approach. And if it failed, you know what? We would still have have done something, we'd still have put something together. I won't say it was the most successful Metaverse Music Festival ever, you know, um, till today, companies are still experimenting. And the only way you can experiment is to test it. And the only way to know what wrong you did, is it's by to Really do it. Yeah. It's to make mistakes. And it's okay to make mistakes as long as A, you're accountable to them, right? And B, you're responsible for them, you know, and C, you learn from that. And then you take that for your next course of action.
0: Love that. That's, uh, that's literally what I tell my clients as well. And that's how I approach my life and my businesses also. Uh, and I think that's so crucial.
1: Absolutely. I mean, SpaceX launched a rocket because they tested it over and over again until it doesn't blow up on the final, you know, <laughs> on the final launch. So.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like um, rock
1: stars. You know, like rock stars. We go in a van, we bring our guitars in and we tour to a state we don't know and we perform. And if the crowd loves you, you stay there. If the crowd doesn't love you. You go pack on. your own stuff. You move on. And that's what it is. That's what it is. Love
0: it. That's what being a rock star is. Love it. All right. Casper, how can the audience reach out to you? Um, well, you
1: could reach out to me by LinkedIn, Casper Francis. Um, you can reach out to me by Instagram, um, at Kasper Francis, Kasper spelled Caspar Francis, Caspar is belt C-A-S-P-A-R. Um, Francis, Francis F-R-E-N-C-I-S, one word. So uh you can DM me. I'll 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 definitely check my DMs. And if you have questions about, you know, being creative or being a rule breaker, I'll be happy to answer them. Um you can check out some of the, you know, the companies that I work with, uh Raw So Raw is R-A-W-S-P-A-R-K group. So it's Rossparkgroup.com, G-R-E-P, um, or TakeBackTheNights.com, right? Um, yeah, you could you could check out some of the work. Um
0: reach out with an email and,
1: you know, we'll, we'll talk.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thank you for being on this episode. Uh, Hey guys, I hope you guys liked this episode with Casper. Um, please like comment, share, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and I look forward to being with you guys on the next episode. Take care everybody. And I'll see you.